On returning to Plateau Place. L. October 9th, 2022. Sunday. I'm here. It feels a bit like a dream. When was the last time I was home alone at Plateau Place? Well, probably sometime this summer, if I'm being honest. I have been here to visit quite a bit since the weird platonic breakup, and I'm pretty much always the first to arrive to meet with Gail anywhere, even when it's at her own house. But it feels different now, with Gail and Richard both out of the country, Gail in Europe and Richard who knows where. For the moment, it's just me and Nacho, the cat. Riley will be back from work soon, and Felix only just left to a friend's house for... Riley's back! October 14th, 2022, Friday. Well, that week flew by. The sun is out again. I'm sitting in Gail's kitchen, waiting to see if the science experiment that is my weekly yeasted hollow will work out. I've always loved the view from this kitchen. I mean, I suppose the bricks and tubes are not exactly beautiful. Directly opposite us is just a brick wall. There's a point where the wall is set back a few feet, forming an indentation. Two gigantic metal tubes climb up on either side. But on just one window sit, sill sit no fewer than five plants, and another hangs from a hook above them. The plants and the industrial architecture, combined with the greenery, the flowers, the low slanting roofs, and old buildingness of the place, create a really pretty vision. To the left of the plant window sill can be found a collection of knitted together cloth balls, hanging sloppily from a nail, collecting dust. I'm not sure what they are or why they're here, but I'm sure they come from some foreign land and that behind them is a story. Same with the embroidered animals hanging on a cloth from the wall on the opposite side of the door to the terrace, labeled in French with a title from Thailand? Then there are the African masks above the doorless doorway that leads into the living room, through which you can see prayer flags peeking out. And outside, begonias. When we were negotiating Mary Poppins moving in to care for the kids this month, I told Gail that I love her plants but did not want to be char in charge of disassembling her terrace. It would have taken a million kajillion hours, and I didn't want to. She seemed shocked that I would even think of such a thing. I want the flowers to stay until I'm back, she said. Um, by the time you get back, it'll practically be November, I said with a grimace, picturing snow. Last year, I dealt with all the plants, and I seal-proofed the windows in late December, after discovering that there was actually no reason we weren't protecting the creaky, drafty old house from its insane heating bills. It took a shopping trip to the hardware store, plus several hours. I felt extremely virtuous. Gail paid for the supplies. Nacho messed with the plastic. You don't have to worry about them. I'll take care of the flowers when I get back from Europe, she said. I guess she changed her mind, because when I got here, the flowers were already put away for the winter except for the begonias. They're gorgeous, and I can see them through the windows. Of course, in another week and a half, I'll be back at my house, and I'll need to take in my terrace. I'm still not, still not sure where I'll store everything. I suppose it's par for the course that whenever I'm at Gale's, I never have all of my things. It's COVID's fault. Originally, I was just coming for a few days at first. The kids are old enough to stay on their own for a weekend, and my mom's trip to visit me and see my apartment had been on the calendar for months. Gail agreed that it would make sense for me to host her in my own home. So last weekend I packed just enough for a few days, expecting to be home over the weekend with my mom and repack before returning to Plateau Place. On Sunday I called mom to check in. Hi, sweetie, she said. Can I call you back? I'm on the phone with Joseph. She called me back about a half hour later. 
Apparently, Joseph was having some mortgage regrets and trouble at work. Plus, he and Lizzie never stop traveling, and the baby still wakes up at night, and I'm pretty sure he's just at the end of his energy rope. Once my mom had finished reventing all of my brother's complaints, I asked her how she was doing. She sounded tired herself, and her voice seemed really scratchy. Oh, I'm terrible, she said. What do you mean? What happened? I asked, alert and concerned. You know, the email I sent. Mom, I don't check my emails on Shabbos. I knew it was Sunday, but I didn't check messages on Sundays either, if I can help it. Oh, I think I have COVID. And there went our plans for her to come visit me, along with any reason for me to go back to my place, which feels like a very far trek just to fetch a change of clothes. Oh well, that's what washing machines are for, right? It's like when I first moved in, expecting to spend just a couple days. I didn't have any of my things then either. It actually kind of works out in the end. My mom's flight was changeable, and she even got a credit because next month it's apparently cheaper to travel. Meanwhile, I have a super light schedule, which I've been filling with work and the kids. It's nice to establish a routine with them. We're rebuilding our bonds, especially me and Felix. He really was sad when I moved out. So was I. Ever since, his teenager-affected aloofness has been sky high. But this week, his inner kid came out, and so did mine. One evening, we raced through the house in a wild cookie fight. He won, little rascal. Another time, when Felix was causing way too many shenanigans, I rescued Riley from their little brother's torments, distracting him with books and Halloween decorations. He's grown up since I lived here. It was two years ago this past Wednesday that I moved in, a scared little baby girl escaping from her master. He was in fifth grade then, so he's in seventh now. The textbooks are still just as terrible. I helped him with his history, though, taking the dry explanations and showing him how to understand them. He's grown up, but there's still a little kid inside when he feels safe enough to let him out. I try to make the safe space so that he can be a kid. I helped Riley, too, with young adulting in a SAGEP assignment due a minute before they hit submit. On Monday, Lynn came over for dinner, bringing leftover pizza dough from her birthday party the Saturday prior, to which she had not invited her boyfriend's cute friend. Outrageous! All that time I spent getting dressed up just in case I casually could say hello. It was Thanksgiving, which stadies like me refer to as Canadian Thanksgiving, also known as that holiday I didn't know existed when I lived across the border. After Felix went to sleep, Riley and I taught Lynn how to play Azul. It brought back memories, which felt a bit tragic. They were bittersweet, those memories. Azul was a game that kept us adults going through the pandemic. That winter of 2020 to 2021, everything in Montreal was closed. I mean everything. Restaurants, movie theaters, concert halls, cafes, bowling alleys. Nothing open except for those stores deemed essential. Sometimes they even made certain aisles off limits so that smaller and bigger stores could maintain some sort of economic competition. Our section of Quebec had been designated a red zone, and we weren't even allowed in each other's homes. Some people broke the rules, of course, but we didn't. Oh, don't get me wrong. It was tempting, especially after I started going on my blue ball walks with Etienne, where we wore masks and didn't kiss each other. But every day, my nurse friends were sending me stories from the front lines, and the death rate just kept climbing. Responsibility hung heavy on my chest, and I followed the rules. I had a family now. I couldn't bring the pandemic into my new home. Plus, I was the only one allowed in Mommy's bubble apart from her husband. The only one. I followed the rules, and so did the rest of the family. All we had was each other and Azul. October 15th, 2022. The hala turned out good after ditching the first batch with the nearly expired yeast. 
This is ironic, because the second batch had already expired yeast, but I was pretty sure it was fizzing properly, and I was right. Also, after literally a year of baking this bread once a week, I realized I wasn't doing the kneading properly. Last night I did it properly, and the braids were so much better defined. Of course, now when you make mistakes with the bread, it's unforgiving. I'm looking forward to making it prettier next week. I found rainbow trout in the freezer and decided to give it a try. Fish is pretty much never my first choice, but I remembered a garlicky butter thing that Richard used to do in aluminum foil and decided to give it a whirl. I used the recipe I'll put in the links, but I substituted the oil for butter. It was delish. I had the whole gang over for dinner. Originally it was supposed to be at my place with my mom as the guest of honor, but we postponed that to next month. The kids both had plans, so it just ended up being my friends and me in Gail's kitchen, wine on the table, bread in the oven, and garlicky salmon-esque yumminess with bok choy. It was a good meal. Marisol and Andres brought pecan pie as dessert. That was for real delish. Marisol and I have a big assignment coming up next week. For once, though, imposter syndrome is staying at bay. I think we can do this thing. We used to have cocktail nights, Gail, Richard, and me. They had this big book of cocktails, and we would try them out. We missed people so bad it hurt. Just meeting up with a friend in a cafe, going to a restaurant. Remember restaurants, we would say? It's hard to talk about this now, because it's all become so fucking political. I know that just by writing the words I've written so far, I've placed myself on one side of a flat-out war. But this is my truth, and I'm a fairy princess who always speaks her truth. Everyone is allowed to have different truths, as long as we do our best to be kind and not hurt each other. For Christmas that year, Mommy got me a joke present. A talisman. A purple artifact. A teeny tiny replica of, you know, that thing. A man's most precious possession. It's a pretty hilarious purple penis. At home, we grown-ups started trading it around as a trophy. Whoever won the Knights Azul game got to keep it. We couldn't have parties, but we did our best, the three of us. We had fun. Okay, I'm going to end this before I just turn it into a massive digital diary. My writing feels so scattered these days. I still haven't told you anything about Juliet's visit, or Hannah's visit, or my cemetery walks, or the way I've been super boss bitching this week. I'll write more soon. Love. Me.